Why do people cheat? Now, many would say because they're a jerk. They're self-centered. They are scumbags and they care about no one but themselves. Or there's the flip side that would say, well, they cheated because they had a bad marriage. Oh my goodness, they were all alone in their marriage and they just felt like they needed to go elsewhere. If you ask the betrayer, they tell you nine times out of 10, it was my spouse's fault. They didn't give me enough sex, didn't pay me enough attention. I was so miserable inside of the relationship. But beautiful, at the end of the day, why do people really cheat? Well, on today's episode of Beauty Beyond Betrayal, we're going to explore 10 reasons why and the 10th one might just shock you. Hey, beautiful. Do you wish there was a way to finally heal from the devastation of his betrayal, stop the intrusive thoughts, set healthy boundaries, rebuild trust in yourself and others, and to rise up as the confident woman God created you to be? and finally leave all the pain behind? I know what it's like to have the unimaginable happen, to have my world completely blown apart by discovering that my husband had been having an affair with a younger woman for two years. I battled thoughts, images, insecurities. I lacked trust and confidence, and I felt so lost, alone, and confused. Well, imagine with me for a moment if you had a recovery roadmap that gave you daily action steps to help you release the trauma due to his betrayal while gaining biblical insight and wisdom for your healing journey, all while learning how to set healthy boundaries, rebuild trust, and rise in confidence once again. Well, that's why I created the Beyond the Betrayal group coaching program. This is a group coaching program where I teach you how to stop obsessing over his affair and finally heal yourself from the trauma and loss so you can be confident in who you are once again. You'll be able to follow a simple recovery roadmap that'll help you establish those boundaries, rebuild trust, regain your confidence without worrying about being triggered and overwhelmed. Beautiful, you'll walk away with hope, healing, and a biblically-based recovery plan that helps you heal and regain your life. So if you're ready to build community, to heal with other women that are going through the same thing as you are, for a group coaching program that offers a proven recovery roadmap that'll guide you through your healing journey from betrayal, well, beautiful, your time is now. I have opened up the group coaching program to launch January the 29th of this year. Yes, in a few short weeks. So your time is now. The link to sign up and to get your spot is below. I only have 10 slots available because it's a small intimate group where we are healing together. This is a three-month program. It's intense work. It is hard work and hard work, but yet you will find hope and healing within this program along with a sisterhood of women who understand where you are. So if you're ready to journey with us to finally get your healing in community, well, beautiful, today is the day. Go below in the show notes, get your spot before they're taken, and let's get this journey started on January 29th and finally have your life recover. I can't wait to see you on the inside of the group. 
Welcome back to the show. You know, day in and day out, I work with people who are seeking to heal from the effects of betrayal due to pornography, infidelity, maybe it's an emotional affair, but their life has been completely turned inside out. It has imploded because there's been an infidelity like a massive earthquake that has destroyed the very foundation of what they used to know as their life. And they are seeking truth. They are seeking answers. You know, why did this happen to me? What caused my spouse to cheat? Why did they cheat on me? And I hear this day after day. And so today we are going to explore a number of reasons why spouses cheat. And you know, it's not the typical answers that you normally would be told. I know many times the betrayer will say, well, it's my spouse's fault. They didn't give me enough sex. They didn't give me enough attention. I felt so lonely. We had a disconnect. I was so overwhelmed in the relationship. Those are a lot of reasons that you might hear from the betrayer. Now, the betrayed spouse, you'll hear things like, oh, he was such a jerk. She was such a jerk. That's so self-centered. Um, they, you know, a scumbag. They are just thinking about nothing themselves. And so we hear those reasons, right? But at the end of the day, there are some reasons, so to speak, that lead people to cheat. Now, I'm saying it that way for a certain purpose, so follow with me today. But why do people cheat? I'm going to give you a number of reasons, and then I'm really going to talk this through for you so you can understand at the end of the day, what is the underlying culprit, right? We can blame a lot of things, but we need to, for those who are the one who is unfaithful, we need to step into ownership of what we've done, take full responsibility for the act and for the impact that it has had in the lives of those that we've betrayed. And please understand, when there's been a betrayal, yes, it affects the spouse Yes and amen. But it affects more than just the spouse. The children have been betrayed if there are children involved in the relationship. The extended family, friends, co-workers. I mean, the ripple effect is great when we're talking about betrayal. So if some of you listening to this broadcast today have been toying with this, have been thinking about it, entertaining it in your mind, please listen to today's broadcast and please, please, by all means, run and run far, far away from the infidelity because it leads to death. All right, so the number one Today, I want to talk about number one, why do people cheat is because they may be a sex addict. Now, sexual addiction is a real thing. Okay, that's a broadcast in and of itself, but sexual addiction is a real thing. And there are many who are addicted to pornography to sex. It is everywhere. It's in Hollywood. It's on our commercials. I mean, sex sells, right? So you'll, I mean, I remember years and years ago where there was a controversial Hardee's commercial that everybody boycotted because they were exploiting women on the commercials to sell hamburgers, which was atrocious. It was awful. And I don't think I've eaten there since, really. (laughs) But they use women sex as 
objectifying women, right? You become the sex object. And so we are selling sex and we are getting people addicted to it. Hollywood has glorified sex in the sense of affairs and premarital sex. And so they've twisted the gift that God has given to us and they have created this entire industry of pornography. But reality is pornography is an addiction and it leads to destruction. So many times what happens is they get addicted to the pornography. They are watching the scenes. They are engaged in it. Thus, they are engaging in masturbation, self-glorification, and gratification. And so the dopamine hits are pretty, pretty good in the beginning. But as time goes on, they need more stimuli to continue to have a greater dopamine hit. So the progression ends up going from just watching pornography to now acting out with the possibility of prostitutes and then affairs, multiple affairs, full-blown sex addiction from there, um, and it goes on and on and on. It destroys families at the core. That's the first reason why people cheat. The second one is called an attitude. Now, I know some of you are probably like, an attitude? Really? Yes. There are those that, you know, really philandering, they just believe within themselves and they rationalize that it is okay to have an extramarital affair. It is okay to have multiple partners. It is okay to not have monogamy within my marriage. It is okay to engage in the um, extra sexual activities outside of my biblical relationship. Why is that? Again, I blame society because, you know, well, I blame Satan at the end of the day, but society as a whole has made it, quote, okay to go outside of marriage and have these extramarital relationships. So a lot of people develop the attitude that it's okay and they rationalize it, they justify it, and it really becomes a serious thing. I have seen uh, many, many women deal with this with their spouses to where their spouses are like, well, you understood that, you know, I like multiple women. So yes, I'm committed to you in a relationship. But if I want some on the side, um, you're just going to have to be okay with that. And believe me, that's not okay. Now, number three, escapism. What do I mean by that? This is where their mundane life as they see it of a dead-end job or, you know, a mediocre lifestyle, uh, maybe the unremarkable prospects for the future. Maybe these have all led to depression, emotional disconnect within the relationship. Maybe they're dealing with anxiety, right? So because of these things, they begin to neglect the marital relationship. And because they do so, they seek other ways to escape the life in which they're living. They want to escape the humdrum. They want to escape the mundane. They want to escape because their life is, their job is a dead-end job. Or maybe the relationship right now is not where they thought it would be. 
or maybe their future is not looking as bright as they thought it would. So what do they do? They seek to escape from the normal day-to-day living. And how do they do that? Through an extramarital affair. Because extramarital affairs are fantasy. They're not reality. They are based on fantasy. The life that you're living inside of an affair does not consist of normal day-to-day living. It is hidden It is in secret and it is stolen moments in time that seem so invigorating. That's why you're so drawn to it, right? Satan makes it look so good. But that is escapism and it clouds the minds of many. Now, number four is there's an emotional disconnect in their relationship. Now, it doesn't mean that the one who's been betrayed, the uh, spouse that was cheated on, caused this. Usually, it's on both sides of the coin, or it could be that just the betrayer, the betrayer themselves feels emotionally disconnected. You know, the day-to-day life of juggling child rearing or the career in and of itself. Maybe it's the daily chores that they're having to do day after day. It leaves little or no time for romance. So what happens? They start thinking, you know, what happened to the fun person that I married? They used to be there. We used to connect. We used to talk. Or maybe you used to talk about certain things, but never at a deep emotional level. And now that things are very, very mundane in the relationship, you are now recognizing that there was never an emotional connection to begin with. So what do you do? You start looking for that missing fun and romance somewhere else. And it's the most common reason why most people cheat. Because what happens? You don't normally cheat with someone you don't know. Those are the one night stands. Those are very, 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 very far and few between. Okay, let's just be real. They're very far and few between. But the affair in and of itself is generally with someone that you know, that you've created relationship with. So maybe it's a coworker, which nine times out of 10 does happen, and you've developed this relationship. You might have started just talking to them about work, but then it started progressing to where, oh, things are mundane at home. Raising the kids is hard. We haven't been able to be as intimate as we normally are. And now you're sharing deep emotional connection with a coworker that leads to now feelings, either feelings of attraction that develop into real emotional connection or what's called limerence. And again, that's a whole new episode, right? This is where you're addicted to love in and of itself. But the emotional disconnect is one of the most common reasons why married people cheat. Number five is this, revenge. And yes, you heard me right on that. Many people cheat because of revenge. Now, I'm not talking about a revenge affair. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about revenge in regards to uh, the fact that there's been some unavoidable conflicts and disagreements within your relationship. And trying to solve those conflicts and disagreements sometimes makes them only worse. So you might decide as the betrayer to lash out through um, having an affair, seeking to go elsewhere to give your affection. That's how you're lashing out about your frustration, so to speak. You either relieve yourself 
um, through pornography or you deliberately hurt your partner through cheating. And yes, it's a real thing. Okay, number six is this selfishness. And I've heard some of the ones who are the faithful in the background just shout a yes and amen. <laughs> yes, cheating is very, very selfish. Um, but it may surprise you, but you know, revenge is, you know, one of the reasons why people cheat, right? But selfishness is high up there as well. So what do I mean by selfishness? They just literally are thinking about themselves. You know, at the end of the day, marriage is not about you. And I'm talking to you right now, whoever you are, okay? Marriage is not about you. It's about your partner. It's about the one that you chose to be faithful to. It's about what can I do to make their day better? What can I do to love them better? And it's about becoming more like Christ, about serving the other, and about becoming holy. We, we enter into marriage thinking, oh, I'm marrying this person because they're going to fulfill all of my needs, and they're going to make me happy. Well, listen, at the end of the day, if that's why you're getting married, don't. And I said that with capital letters, don't, because those are the wrong reasons to get married. You don't get married to become happy, so to speak, and you don't get married so that they can fulfill all your needs. The only one who can truly, truly be there for you in everything is Christ alone. Your partner will ultimately disappoint you. And there will be days that they will not make you happy. So if you are carrying those kind of expectations, then you are going to enter into selfishness and you're going to start saying, they're not fulfilling my needs. They are not meeting my expectations. So I'm going to go elsewhere. And your selfish wants, needs, and desires are going to take you down a slippery slope into infidelity that can ruin your relationship and possibly destroy it. Okay, number seven. Well, number seven is that the betrayer, the one who's unfaithful, is possibly dealing with self-esteem or insecurity issues. Now, this is closely related to the fear of aging. We see this later on in life where people are getting older, they're getting the wrinkles, gravity is setting in, you know, the gray hair, and they're looking at themselves in the mirror going, am I as attractive as I used to be? So, you start battling with insecurities. You start battling with self-esteem issues, or maybe you have battled with these things your entire life. You can consider, you know, the reason um, of self-esteem and insecurity as one of those things that, you know, I need someone to kind of toot my horn. You know, I, I don't think highly of myself. So when someone toots my horn, they kind of stroke my ego, so to speak. I feel better. So because I feel better, I gravitate toward that. It kind of gives me my dopamine hit, right? So some married people feel tied to their commitments and they long to be free, right? That's another thing. They long to be free. And their self-esteem self issues and their insecurity issues are like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm committed to the relationship, but, you know, I just want to be free to go elsewhere. And then they might feel like they're just living through life without living life. 
Again, this all boils down to insecurity. You're not feeling attractive, powerful, smart enough, young enough, or whatever it is. So you seek validation through cheating. And they use it to spark an interest to feel wanted, desired, and worthy. And beautiful, listen, whether it's you or it's the unfaithful that's listening right now. If you're dealing with self-esteem issues or insecurity, having an affair, um, infidelity is not the answer. You know, talk to a trauma-informed therapist, coach, talk to someone, a counselor who can help you rebuild your confidence, find who you are, find your validation, your worth in Christ, but don't go seeking it from another man or another woman because your value does not come from a man or a woman. Your value comes from Christ alone. Okay, number eight is this, poor boundaries. Oh my goodness, I see this an awful lot. It's important to set healthy, proper boundaries with people in your life. And if you are in a marital relationship, it is vitally crucial for you to have healthy boundaries in place to safeguard your relationship. You should always know what is acceptable and what is unacceptable for you. So people with poor boundaries have a high risk of getting involved in extramarital affairs. And those might have a problem saying no or rejecting others. You know, we need to have healthy boundaries in place so that we are not caught off guard, so that we don't give the illusion of an affair, nor even be tempted to cross that boundary. Now, for me, I have boundaries in place to where it's like, okay, you know, let's not put ourselves in a compromising situation with being with the opposite sex alone. Um, or let's not get in a vehicle with the opposite sex. Let's not, um, you know, tax the opposite sex unless, you know, the spouse knows if it's pertaining to work, then what do we do? We bring someone else into that conversation or we let the other spouse know that we have a conversation going on. We don't have to let them know, um, you know, if it's work-related and there are some, contra- not controversial, but some... Um, things that can't be divulged, um, but you need to be walking in integrity and strong character and pure at heart. So having healthy boundaries is a must. Okay, number nine is this, unresolved early life trauma. Yes, that's a real thing. Sometimes cheaters are reenacting or latently responding to unresolved childhood traumas. It may have been severe neglect or emotional abuse. Maybe it was physical abuse, sexual abuse, etc. These are real traumas that children early on go through and it can manifest itself later on in life and it can produce infidelity. Basically, it's where your childhood wounds have created attachment deficits that manifest through infidelity. So this is a real thing. And if this is you, if you've had some of those things, it's important to discuss this with a trauma-informed counselor, coach, or therapist. So make sure that you are speaking to someone regarding that. Okay, here's number 10. 
Now, this is your 10th one, your last one. And this is where I want you to lean in closely because you might not have thought that I was bringing it or maybe some of you would. But I think that I can actually, with full responsibility here, answer the question of why do men and women actually cheat? Well, at the end of the day, cheating occurs because of sin. It's sin. Sin is in this world. And sin, it tempts us to cross over and to... Uh, really kind of lower the fence, so to speak, lower our boundaries, and to step over the moral boundaries that we have placed in our lives so that we can pursue something that we should never, ever pursue. And so sin is actually pursuing those things. And then we decide to jump in despite the consequences. We just don't even consider them. We justify our actions, we rationalize them, and we have a tendency to even think that the consequences won't fall upon us. Well, no matter the particulars of your situation, there is never, and please hear me loud and clear, there is never justification to cheat. And so when anyone cheats, It is a sin, plain and simple. Now, in John, in verse 16, John uses three illustrations, which represent how people, men and women, both cheat, how they get into this, how they, you know, some people say they fall into it, but let's let's talk about the fall, okay? There are three ways that we sin, and that's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I want you to listen to me very, very clearly. Whether it's through pornography, physical, or emotional means, when you enter into this, it is a sin. So the lust of the flesh is where essentially it your flesh is taking charge. And you are no longer being led by God. You're refusing to be led by God. And you are choosing to be led by your flesh. And left by your own device, your animalistic tendencies are going to become dormant. And they are dominant, I mean. They are going to rise up on all levels. And you are going to validate what you're doing. And your insatiable appetite for more is going to cause you to move into it more. But the truth is that the sin ultimately leads you to death. You know, we are supposed to be living godly lives not to live for evil human desires. And sex in and of itself is not an evil human desire. No, no, sex is not. It is the it is the cheating, the infidelity, the adultery part of this, the betrayal that is the evil human desire, right? We should be living for the will of God instead. And we're reminded in the book of James that each one is tempted when by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to to death. Now, let's talk about the lust of the eyes. Well, it's said that with the eyes, they are the gateway or mirror to the soul, which is why it's not so much about what we see, but what we do with what we see is vital in the world where everything, where anything goes, right? So left unchecked, uh, people, places, and things that we're exposed to, um, they further promote what the flesh is already salivating over. So 
on the commercials that you see, on the television shows. Like it is plastered everywhere. They are selling sex in the wrong way. They shouldn't be selling it at all, okay? But they're, you know, spilling over cleavage and they've got women just basically naked on the screens now. Um, And it puts men in a trance. God created you as visual human beings. And so Satan has come at you through the lust of the eyes. And in this way, men um, begin seeing women as actual objects or things instead of equal partners in life who God has called you to be with, to co-labor with, to love and respect and adore and cherish and take care of. Women are not objects, nor should we be objectified. And neither should men for that manner, right? Neither one were supposed to be done that way. So when our eyes start to look at men and women in this way, it can lead us into sin. Now, the third one is the pride of life. Well, the pride of life illuminates our incessant desire to be happy in every way, shape, and form and to pursue it by any means necessary. So to us, you know, we deserve to be happy. That's how it is. You know, make yourself happy. Anything goes nowadays, right? It's the mantra of the world. But realize, as God's children, He does want us happy. But more than happiness, He wants us holy. Okay, he wants us holy. True happiness is found only in living by God's guideline, with direction from his word and his spirit. You know, in Proverbs 16, 18, it says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Therefore, when we begin thinking that we ourselves are the masters of the universe, that we sit ourselves on the throne of our own life and seek to become the God of our own life, this is an affront to the ultimate master and bad things await us just around the corner. Prideful people live as though they are entitled to whatever they want, no matter if God has prohibited it, no matter if it's going to destroy a life or hurt someone. But godly people live grateful lives, recognizing that it is only God's love and grace that entitles us to anything good on this earth. You know, God's will is that we should love God and love one another, not theoretically in some mystical, magical manner that no one sees, but rather in a practical way that identifies us further as followers of Christ. And so when we start allowing the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life to kick in, it can lead us down a slippery slope and cheating can follow. And so I want you to know that affairs, while they may feel good in that short little amount of time, like the Bible says, temptation for a second feels wonderful, right? It can lead ultimately to death. It really can. And affairs happen because you close the door to your spouse and you open the door to someone else. Did you hear me on that? Affairs happen when you close the door to your spouse and you open the door to someone else. You're no longer communicating with your spouse, and you share your wants, needs, and desires with another. So if that is you, then by all means, go to God in repentance today. 
Seek his face and turn from this and seek reconciliation. Yes, it can happen. And God can resurrect a relationship. Affairs, infidelity, betrayal is not the end, my friend. It is not the end of your relationship. Because if you choose to salvage and to work towards building a brand new, beautiful relationship after betrayal, it can absolutely happen. So I pray that today was a little bit of an eye opener for some. And I pray you share this episode out because I'm sure that there are those who need to hear it. And I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your comments. Uh, Leave us a five-star review below. We'd love to know how Beauty Beyond Betrayal is helping you, especially in this new year. And check out the links below. We have a brand new coaching program that is launching January the 29th. We only have 10 spots available for that. So you want to go ahead and get in while you can. When doors close, they close. And another one will not come open until later in May. And if you are looking for one-on-one coaching, either as an individual or couples, I only have room for three this month. So grab them while you can, and I can't wait to work with you so that you can heal from the devastating effects of betrayal. Be blessed.